0: Uh, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to fall. Uh, just come into this place, and I ask you to just sweep through this place. Bring the Father's love, and I ask you to drive out before you fear, doubt, and anxiety in Jesus' name. You, you Leave this place now. I ask you to take captive our thoughts and to drive those things from this place. The, we tell you, you may not exist in this room. You You must relent to the to the presence of the Almighty God. Fear, doubt, and anxiety be gone. Go. Gone. Amen. Jesus' name. All right. I am going to be in Mark chapter 5. And we'll see where it goes. Because the only words that are written down are the ones that are in this book right here right now. But we're in chapter 5. And in chapter 5, Christ and the disciples have crossed over. And they've gone over to the land of the Gerasenes, And as they land in their boat, they come across a demoniac, a man possessed by demons. And this man has been in this state for a while. He's known within the region. He's often taken to harming himself, cutting himself. And as Jesus lands, he cries out, in defiance, saying, what are you doing here? In essence, right? Leave me alone. And Christ calls him out, asks him his name, and he tells him his name, and it's legion. Right? Because there are many demons in this man. And they plead, and they go back and forth. And Christ casts out the demons from this man. And he's freed. With a word. With a moment. And this man suddenly is in his right mind. A man who has been naked, living in filth, self-harming himself, and out of his mind, at times chained by the people in that region, is now in his right mind, clothed, clean, sane, standing with Christ. What an amazing moment. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being tortured like that? Being, being oppressed like that? Being taken out of your own life like that? And in a moment, freed? God. Like the lights go on in a darkened room. What kind of love did he feel? What kind of freedom did he experience at that moment? Something he never tasted. And if he had, he couldn't remember it. He had a legion of demons within him. And he had full freedom. We get to the end of this passage. And Jesus, as you know, in this this story, right? They beg, the, the demons beg... Send us into that herd of pigs, and he does that. And I think it's two thousand pigs go over a cliff, right? I think the only people that were really bummed at that point were the pig herders, right? What? What? Ah, right. But at that moment, we get to the end of this passage, towards the end, and we we hear that the the people of that region come out, and they were afraid. And they were actually asking Jesus to leave their region. They were terrified from what they saw. They're coming up and begging Christ to leave. And as they're coming up and begging him to leave, they see this man. This man who once was covered in filth and naked and out of his mind, standing there with Christ, clothed, clean and sane. And Christ is about to leave. And in verse 18, it says Jesus was getting into the boat. The man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him. I can't imagine what it was like for him. As I prayed through this, I I got a vision of this man standing in the water up to his waist holding on to the gunnels of the boat, begging Christ to take him with him. He had had a taste of the power of the almighty God. And he was leaving. He's saying, no. I can't imagine what his heart was feeling at that moment. Crying out with everything in him, no, 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 no. No, if you're going to leave, take me with you. Wanting simply to hold on to the, The feet of Jesus. We would do the same, wouldn't we, in that moment? Without a doubt. And I envision behind him, standing on the shore, an angry crowd of people asking Christ to leave. And this man, out in the water, trying to climb into the boat, looking up at Christ, begging. And Christ says this to him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. What went through that man's mind at that moment? I can only imagine the lies that were ringing in his ears. Remember, he has now been crazy and naked and covered in filth in front of all these people that he's now being told to go witness to. Many of them are standing behind him telling Christ to leave. He's holding on to the boat begging to go with Jesus and in his mind he's got to be thinking, Lord, they don't even want you. They're not going to listen to me. They've seen me naked, literally. Literally. Seen me naked. You can't be sending me. I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know what words to speak. I'm not equipped to do this. No. Can you imagine how many thoughts in his head were going through his mind, telling him he wasn't qualified to do what Christ was calling him to do in that moment? And I would say many of them justified. Right? I wouldn't want that. I I wouldn't want to go turn around and tell the people behind me who are asking Christ to leave, let me tell you about a man. Let me tell you about a man. And yet, he does. He does. Somewhere in that moment, he hears the voice of the almighty God telling him, no, go. And even though he desperately wants to hang on to Christ's leg, he lets go of the boat because in that moment, he realizes who's commanding him to go. It is God almighty. The one who has just given him that freedom which he has never tasted is saying, go. Go. And in that moment, he knows, I can do this. And the best line of this whole passage is at the end. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. The Decapolis was a group of free city-states And it was uh, a culture of high Greek culture. This man, known as a demoniac, is walking into that place. Into those cities, proclaiming what Christ had done. And the word tells us, all the people were amazed. This man who didn't know what he was doing, wasn't sure what words to say, was disqualified in every way he could be disqualified brought these cities to amazement. Oh I there are questions I want to ask when I get to heaven. Right? I want to know. Dude, how'd you do the five thousand feed the five thousand thing? But that was really awesome. I want walking on water. Can we do that, right? I mean, like like splitting a sea, healing people. This is all really cool. I want to. I mean, Paul, what was that like on the road to Damascus, right? I want to know what happened to this guy. What's the rest of the story? What happened to him on Pentecost when the Holy Spirit? fell upon the disciples. Did he get it too? Was he somewhere over there still spreading the word of the Holy Spirit just went, you know what? I'm with you, bam. I don't know. I want to meet this guy though. I want to find out what was what was that story? What did it look like? Because he stepped out in utter faith because he knew who God was in that moment. He didn't believe the lies. We tell those same things to ourselves, don't we? How many times do we know what we are being called to by our Savior? We know exactly what we need to do. We know exactly the next step we need to take, the thing we need to say to that next person, the next act we need to take, and we, we have an excuse. And oh, They've seen me naked. Or, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Or... My wife tells me that all the time. She says it about herself. I don't know what I'm doing. Good. It's exactly where you need to be. Because the Holy Spirit knows where he's taking you. But we come up with excuses. I'll be embarrassed. They'll be offended. That's not the rules. Right? There's rules we follow and there's no reason for them. We don't talk when we get in elevators. Why? Why? You had people trapped in a box. It's time to talk to them. It's time to ask them where they're going, who they are and what they need and pray for them. We don't Someone said, earlier, we don't talk in line in the post office. You know where else our voice is robbed is in the hospital. The one place where our voice should be loudest praying out loud, singing praises out loud in places where healing needs to come. I know those are silly rules, but we follow them. We follow them because the world's told us what is secular is okay. What's sacred, that needs to stay in your church and selected coffee shops throughout the city. Right? The problem is, what they have said is secular has become their sacred. And there's nowhere in this word that tells us to relegate the sacred to these walls. What we are called to do is that which seems impossible with those who are completely disqualified. Just as the demoniac did. We are, take, we are called to take the sacred into the secular and redeem it. To be something more than consumers and critiquers of culture. But to be something greater than that. To become culture makers in this world. That's who we are meant to be. The critical piece is us remembering when we hear the lies that enter our mind, just as the demoniac did as he was holding on to the side of that boat, that when we hear those lies, we remember whose voice is calling us forward to do the works for which he's equipped us. Because in that moment, when we remember whose voice that is, courage will come upon us. We will let go of the side of the boat. And we will walk and turn and with confidence and resolute confidence face the crowd on the shore who is calling out for that Savior to be removed from their midst. That is our society. Jesus doesn't belong here. Your God doesn't belong here. It's okay for you to have that faith, but not for me. If we have the corner on the truth, then let's act like it. If what message we have is going to make the difference between your coworker going to hell or going to heaven, then share it. If the truth that you know is going to change the life of that grocery clerk because you take the moment to be embarrassed and awkward, share it because what you possess is worth it. You have found the buried treasure in the field. Sell everything you have and go buy that field no matter what it costs you, it is worth it. It is worth it because you are following the voice of the Almighty God. Remember who's calling you to it. Remember who's calling you to do the works for which you've been equipped. And remember a man once chained And filthy and naked and out of his mind and cutting himself went on to amaze the people because he followed the will of God. I'm already out of time, I'm sorry. I've been living in Psalm 46 for a while. We're going to end here. And this is what I'd love for you to do. You've all heard Psalm 46. Don't look it up right now. Stop. (laughs) What I really want you to do is hear Psalm 46. And hear it for the first time through the ears of Of a demoniac. Hear it through the ears of a man who's just been called to do something he's not equipped to do. Hear this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam. Though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Ah, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. And she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations the nations rage, the kingdoms they they totter. He utters his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come Behold the works of the Lord. He has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will. Will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We enter into the Christmas season and it's Emmanuel, God is with us. He is. He truly is. The God of Jacob. The Lord of hosts with us we all know the line be still and know that I am God the Hebrew word for that for be still is Rapa and it means to slacken, to let down or cease in this context it's as if it's a warrior frantically fighting and God's saying stop your striving Stop your striving. Stop arguing with yourself and with me. Be still. Know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Be. I don't know what the Lord is calling you in your life. I don't know what that thing is that you are, know you have to do. And instead of stepping into it, you're allowing yourself to be ashamed of the gospel. I'm telling you, remember who's calling you. Forget what he's calling you to. Forget who you are. And remember who's calling you to it. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the God of Jacob. And he's with us. He's with us. Father, I just pray that you would empower all of us. That we would rise up with the boldness that you desire us to have. That is worthy of you that we would step forward into the works that you have for us with unbridled confidence, knowing that we walk with the Lord of hosts, with the very God of Jacob at our side, empowered by your Holy Spirit, that we can do those great things for which you've called us to, with confidence, without doubt, without fear, without anxiety. God, be glorified in us all. In Jesus' powerful name, amen.